0: our Bibles tonight. We're going to turn to Psalm 119. Once again, Psalm 119. I want to clarify something. A few minutes ago when I said that I did not ask Pastor Smith to say anything about the torch, what I meant by that was simply that that hadn't been my request. I asked him to lead the prayer time and he mentioned that he was going to say something about the torch and I was fine with that. I wasn't trying to imply that I didn't want him to do that. Um, you have to understand something, and, and, and I say this somewhat tongue in cheek, but in, in reality, it, it is true. There was a time in my life where I was not committed to honesty. And the Lord really convicted me about that. You know, just honestly, there were some things where I just had a way of kind of embellishing things or whatever, and, and I. The Lord convicted me about that, and so I try to be truthful in the things that I say. So when I catch myself saying something that's not entirely accurate, I try to correct that. And sometimes it comes out differently than intended, but just, it's just an effort in my part to be accurate, because I don't ever want to lie to you, okay? And so understand that about me. I'm not perfect. Have you figured that out yet? No. No. I know my wife hasn't either, so, at least that's not, the anniversary cards I get would make you think she hadn't figured that out, but anyway, all right. Psalm 119 is where we're going to be, let's uh, look at verse number 89, let's stand together tonight, verse 89 of Psalm 119 through verse 96 is where we're going to be. The Bible says here, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. That's a really interesting verse. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine. Save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. You can be seated tonight. As you know, as we've walked through this chapter, this, uh, this psalm deals primarily with the Word of God and the psalmist's relation to the Word of God and, and how the Word of God has really affected and changed and transformed his life. And over the last several weeks, we've kind of seen a development of, of this Uh, position that he finds himself in of affliction and difficulty and trouble and he's spoken about how God and his word have given him uh, help and strength and we come to this particular section tonight verses 89 through 96 and we find there's kind of a a contrast that's taking place here because he he discusses the fact that God is consistent, that God never changes. He says in verse 89 there, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God established it. It remains. The the end of verse verse 96 says, I have seen an end of all perfection. He's talking about the things of this earth around him. And he says, all these things come to an end, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. There's a contrast between the things of this world that don't last and the things of God that do last. You see, we live in a world that is constantly changing, but also a world that is constantly passing away. The Bible says that the world passeth away. That's a continuous tense. The world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever in 1 John 2. So this concept that the world passeth away, we know that there is coming a day when it comes to an end, but really all around us we're seeing that passing away taking place, aren't we? we we're seeing it happen, decay and, 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 and corruption and all of those things, and we see that in our own lives. We see that we are passing away, and I mean you could be the healthiest person here in the room, but you have an expiration date just like the rest of us, right? Right? And, and there's, it's all coming to an end. Everything in this world comes to an end. But there's a difference between the things of this world and the things of the Lord, and, and the Word of God. God's Word doesn't change, and it doesn't come to an end. So that's kind of the the concept of this particular uh, section, this particular passage in this chapter. And so I've entitled the message tonight "Speaking of the Word of God." I've simply entitled it "Unlike Any Other." Because the Word of God, the Bible that we hold in our hands, is unlike any other book that you have ever read, isn't it? It's unlike any other book that exists in this world. There are some things that set the Word of God apart from all of the great literary works of man. The primary thing that sets it apart is its author, right? we know that it is God's Word. It is the the, the Word of God. He is the one that authored it and even though there were human writers that penned these things down that this is the very Word of God that we hold in our hands and so uh, tonight I want to just point out to you from this passage several areas in which the Word of God is unlike any other. First of all I want to say to you according to this The Word of God is unlike any other because of its supernatural endurance. It it will never change. Verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. The Word of God is settled in heaven. Notice he says um, in verse 90, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations, Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. Think about this for a moment. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000 years ago, God created the heaven and the earth, right? That's what the Bible tells us. He created the earth, and guess what? It's still here. Now that might come as a surprise to some, but it's still here. Think about this. What... What has man ever made that has endured like the thing that God made, the earth? Nothing. It it, it abides today because God created it. He established the earth. Look at verse 91. They continue, speaking of God's creation, these things continue this day according to thine ordinances. Did you know that God's law, laws for His earth Exist. They've, they've existed since the creation and they remain in effect today. They've never changed. The laws of physics remain today just as they were when God created the earth. And, and every single day, the earth is testifying of its submission to God. Every time the sun rises and every time the sun sets and the, the birds sing and the, the rain falls or when the storms cease, It's testifying that it is in submission and subjection to God, its creator. The earth abides, it remains, but we understand that it does have an end. God does not. Therefore, his word will remain. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So God created the earth as a testimony to the fact that he to his faithfulness and his consistency, but even the earth will pass away, however his word will not. Matthew 24 and verse 35, what did Jesus say? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. We have this confidence because, uh, because God has given to us a, a, his word, the Bible, that will never cease, uh, not only never cease to exist, but it will never lose its truth. It will never lose its relevance. Think about that. There are all kinds of uh, ancient uh, literary works out there. And, and some of them are historical. And obviously, uh, history doesn't change, right? I mean, man can try to, to change it and rewrite it. But the truth of history doesn't ever change. But the, the relevance of those things does change over time. And the relevance of uh, any kind of book, you, you read a, a science book from 300 years ago. And some of the things that are written therein are going to be true and accurate. Other things have been proven not to be true, right? We're constantly learning and developing. And you look at technology today, and boy, things are a little different than they were 300 years ago, aren't they? When, in terms of technology those things become somewhat irrelevant Uh, financial advice that was given hundreds of years ago basic principles maybe haven't changed but a lot of the details have haven't they but God's Word unlike anything else remains and will remain and even when the earth passes away when when nothing around you is the same as it is today this book will still be real true and relevant that's an amazing concept isn't it God's Word is truth its consistent it remains why well it's a supernatural book because it has a supernatural author I want to look at a few passages of scripture that I know are familiar probably to most of us here But I think it's important to be reminded of these things. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy, if you will. 2 Timothy and chapter 3. And we'll read something that's written about the Word of God, the Scriptures, as they're called here. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you to notice with me at verse number 14. Paul here speaking to... Timothy. Well, let's even back up to verse 13, if you will. It says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So the, the, the condition in the world is continually degrading. It's continually getting worse. Evil men, seducers, false teachers. It's going to continually get worse and worse, right? But continue thou... In the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That's very important. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what we know of Timothy Timothy had a godly mother and grandmother right Lois and Eunice they he had godly influences in his life from the time he was a small child and he was taught truth from the time he was a small child but notice that he says that he's to continue in the things that he has learned knowing of whom he had learned them and I believe what Paul is trying to get at here is that it really even though he was taught these things by his mother and his grandmother through the scriptures that it really wasn't his mother and grandmother that revealed these truths to him it was god himself that the that god's truth revealed through his word though it may be taught by human instructors it's actually God himself that reveals it that opens our eyes and and he says uh, in the midst of the world that's constantly changing and the false teachers and the evil men and seducers that are waxing worse and worse cling to the truth that you have received from God why look at verse number 16 all scripture is given by inspiration of God. He says the Scriptures that you were taught from a child didn't come from man, but they were literally breathed out by God. God spoke these words. Did you know the Bible that you hold in your hands contains the very words of God? that's what we have in our hand God's word to man the problem we we get into and I understand that these are some rudimentary and basic truths for for many of us you might think well I've known this for so long and I believe this for so long but it's it's so important that we never forget this these words are not the opinions of men It wasn't just wise people who penned down some important principles for us. All scripture, the Bible says, is given by inspiration of God. And, listen to this, and is profitable. It's profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, I don't know about you, but I need all of those things today in my life. I need doctrine. I need God to teach me the truth. I need reproof. I need God to show me where I'm wrong. I I need correction. I need God to show me how to get right. And I need instruction in righteousness so that God can keep me on the right path. I need all those things today. And anyone who says, oh, that book, it's ancient, it's outdated, it doesn't. when it was written thousands of years ago. It remains today profitable. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, mature, whole, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Do you know what he's saying? The word of God has everything you need to live a godly life. And it remains today as profitable as it ever was it endures because it has god as its author. Now go with me if you would to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And notice what Peter says about the word of god under holy spirit inspiration. Verse 16 of 2 Peter 1 He says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. You know what he says? we're not trying to convince you to follow some elaborate fable or fiction or story just so that you can have a better life. You know th- there are people out there who try to live by whatever it might be, the, 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 the principles of the gurus, the old Chinese proverbs, the you know and, and it's a good thing to live according to wisdom. I think we ought to uh, uh, gain some things from the wisdom of, of wiser people than ourselves but But it's important to note that the Word of God is, it so far transcends the wisdom of man. It's not even worthy to be compared to some intellectual out there who's trying to convince you to live your best life now, okay? It's totally different than that. He says, We have not followed cunningly devised fables. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God gave his word. That's what makes this different. That's what makes it different. It has a different author. The author, God, is supernatural. He supersedes the natural world that we see all around us. The world of of decay, the world that, that passes away, the world where everything is changing. God doesn't change. His character doesn't change. His nature doesn't change. His truth doesn't change. God remains the same. Therefore, his word remains the same. And regardless of what happens and what comes and what the circumstances are, we can trust the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Amen. When the earth passes away, God's word will remain. Isn't that incredible to know? It's, it's unlike any other because of its supernatural Endurance. I want to say this also, though, that the word of God is unlike any other because of its stabilizing effect. Look what, it's, what he says in verse number 92 of Psalm 119. <clears throat> he says, unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Again, as we've studied through this, we find that the psalmist is going through a time where he's been falsely accused and there's some people who are uh, seeking his destruction and his downfall and he's found himself in a place where he's overcome and overwhelmed by the burdens of, uh, of his trial. And yet, here's what he's saying, if it hadn't been for the word of God... I I would have perished in mine affliction. I I would have been overcome. I I probably wouldn't have even lived through this. If it hadn't been for the the anchor that I have in the Lord. Folks, I don't know if you realize this, but we sing songs and we talk about this and, and, and we'll sit in church and amen it, but... There is a truth to the fact that the world all around us is unstable and constantly changing. And it's a fearful place to be. Even if you had no personal problems in your life, you turn on the nightly news or you get online and you read what's going on in the world. And you're either blind or you're a little concerned (laughs) about what's going on. In our own nation, I, I believe that there are, without trying to be political, I believe that there are forces at work that are intentionally seeking to dismantle this nation and everything it has stood for. And I believe that while that is going on, that we, the people who are supposed to be in control of the thing, our government and all those things, we are so divided that we really have no path forward to try and address the issue. That's a concerning thing. Amen. Then you look at the world and everything that's happening in Russia, and Ukraine. China, and you see our economy in a state of, I mean, not just the U.S. economy, but the world economy that's kind of on the verge of a collapse, and that's a concerning thing, and I mean, we, we, can, we can talk about, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that concerns me, this pandemic that we just came through over the last couple of years I mean, it, it, it shook the entire world and really turned the entire world upside down. And folks, I'm not trying to minimize anyone who's gotten terribly ill or died from this virus. But you have to understand that in, in light of some of the other diseases that have gone around or could go around, that was very minor in comparison to what could happen. And I'm just saying, if you didn't have some truth to be anchored to, even if you didn't have personal issues going on in your own life, there would be reason for fear and concern and worry. Would you agree with me? And then you look in your own life, and so often we're facing issues with people and relationships and family problems, marital problems, job issues, financial struggles, uh, health problems. The list goes on and on and on. And, and if, it, if it weren't for God and his word, yeah. where would we turn? Right. Honestly, where would you turn? You say, well, I'm just going to look within myself and, and find my strength within. That's great until the, the, your legs are kicked out from underneath you and you won't know where to stand. When my wife and I were first married, we had a neighbor. He was a single guy around our age. Lived, we lived in an apartment. He lived across the hall from us and was always friendly and, and, and nice. And, and we would uh, go over to his place. He'd come over to our place and we'd sit and talk. And, and we tried and tried to witness to this guy. And he would listen politely, but he had no real interest in truth and the things of God. And, and that really was his attitude. He was a young man and his Early 20s. He thought he had his whole life ahead of him. Uh, He felt like he was strong. He felt like like he was in control. And he was just going to push through and make it until one day he came and knocked on our door about 10 o'clock at night. And at his age, I think he was 23 years old, something like that, early 20s. He had just been diagnosed with lung cancer and given six months to a year to live. And guess what? All that strength and all that arrogance and all that pride of life was gone. And he had nowhere to turn. And I'm just saying, friends, we might look to other things and say, well, I don't need God and I don't need his word. It's all a crutch and it's all this or that. Here's the thing. Someday you're going to wish you had that stability. Because the world around us is like quicksand. It, 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 it's like, a, like the sea. It's just at one minute it's calm, and the next minute you're overcome with waves. But in Christ and in His Word, we have an anchor. Amen. We have stability. We have a foundation. And, and we have this knowledge. The world can, can, can be destroyed. If I woke up tomorrow morning and, and the sun didn't rise and, and the world was in... Uh, total chaos, one thing I could know for sure, God's word hasn't changed, and its truth hasn't changed, and it's just as relevant today as it's ever been. And if it weren't for that, folks, we would have no hope. And if you aren't hoping in God and His word, whatever you are trusting in, let me just tell you, it is false hope. But if you are anchored to God and to His word, you have a foundation. You have the stability that only God can give. Romans 15. Let's turn there quickly, if you would, please. Romans chapter 15. And I want you to notice what it says in verse number 4 of Romans 15 here about the scriptures. It says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. In other words, God has given his word, in part, that we might have hope. If you're there in Psalm 119, and you back up to verse number 90, it says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Now, if you compare Psalm 119:90, 90, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations, and Romans 15, 4, that the things which were written aforetime were written for our learning, you know what we come to understand? We can go back through the Bible and read of God's faithfulness and understand that those things apply to us. Have you ever read through the, in the book of Genesis the life of Joseph and seen the hand of God's faithfulness in his circumstances and situation? and thought, boy, as difficult as it would have been to be Joseph, wouldn't it be wonderful to know that you had a faithful God who was caring for you? Have you ever thought that? Well, let me just tell you, that was written for you. It happened to Joseph. It was written for you. You ever read about Moses and David and Daniel... And thought of these people and thought, boy, wasn't God good to them? Those things happened to them, but they were written and recorded down for you and for me to look at and see. You know what? The same God that was there for them is there for me because his faithfulness is unto all generations. You know what that does? That gives me hope. It gives me hope. God is faithful. The word of God is unlike any other because of its supernatural endurance and its stabilizing effect. Very quickly, the word of God is unlike any other because in it I find a safe escape. Look what he says in verse number 95. He says, The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. He says that knowing this reality, there are people that are seeking my destruction. That's a disconcerting thought. It'd be a terrible thing to know that there are people out there actively trying to ruin you. But he said, I'll consider your testimonies. Instead of dwelling on... The issue and the problem, I'm just going to dwell and meditate in your word. You know what he's saying? I'm going to escape my problems and run to your word. I'm going to say something to you tonight that, I don't know, I I hope it doesn't come across wrong. The world is full of escapism. The world is escaping pain, fear, stress, with things like alcohol and drugs, uh, immoral relationships, pornography, video games, social media. entertainment. It, it, here's the thing, for, for so long we have understood that drugs and alcohol are an escape from reality, right? We understand that. Someone, an alcoholic drinks not only because of the physical uh, draw and temptation to do that, but because oftentimes because there's a pain that they're trying to numb, right? And the same thing with drugs. And one of the reasons those things are so addictive and destructive is because you, you, you drink or you do drugs to try and numb the pain, but the alcohol and the drugs bring other problems, which just brings more pain and then guilt and shame and all those things that come on. And pretty soon you find yourself in a constant cycle of, of really you know, digging, digging yourself in a deeper hole, right? But the world does that not only with drugs and alcohol, but it does it with things. Anything that just takes your mind off of reality and gives you an escape. And this is one of the things, and I, I know and people make fun of me because I, I talk about the dangers of, of social media or just being online and scrolling all the time. I'm telling you, though, that is another form of escapism. Really just, just constantly detaching myself from the reality of the world around me and delving into something that is not really reality. And, and I'm just going to constantly fill myself with new things, different things. And, and it, folks, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse all the time. Attention spans are, are gone because people have to constantly fill their mind with new things. That's why TikTok is such a big thing these videos that last like 30 seconds or less because I've got to have something new, something stimulating me on a constant basis because I can't face the reality of what's going on around me. Escapism. It's a dangerous thing, folks. And and, and God's people are just as susceptible to it as the world. And seriously, if you are in bondage to that, you need to get victory over that that is not what God wants for you. It is not what God wants for you. But God has created an escape not from reality but to true reality. And He has given us a place to find help and comfort and, and, and release from the stress and fear And burdens of the world. But it's not in turning off our mind. It's simply in turning our eyes to Him. That's what God wants for you. And in God and in His Word, you can find a safe escape. The world is what it is. Circumstances are what they are. But God never changes. And you can run to Him and find what you are looking for. I want to take you one more place before we dismiss here tonight. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. I want you to notice here how the psalmist describes his escape, not from reality, but to the Lord. Look what he says He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Do you know what he's describing? If you will run to the Lord, you will have your secret, private place of escape in Him. And I believe that's something that God does want for all of us. Amen. It's something that he wants for you. To find your help in him. Mm-hmm. To find a place where you can get away from everything and everyone and go to God. And in him you find help and comfort and safety, and all these things can be going on around you. A, th- a thousand falling uh, at your side, and, and all these, but it's not going to come nigh you. We, we sing that song, Dwelling in Beulah Land. And one of the, the phrases in there is, is, is uh, it talks about how there's strife and there's issues going on in the world, but he says, safe am I within the castle of God's word abiding. I mean, abiding and dwelling in the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, it it literally is like we are simply spectators of all the things happening in the world, insulated and sheltered from it to some degree, simply because we know we can trust in our God. We don't have to be hopeless like the world is hopeless, folks. We have help. We have truth. The Word of God is unlike any other. Because of its supernatural endurance, it remains. Because of its stabilizing effect and its safe escape that we can find in it.